0: When the first person to score in your brand new stadium is
1: Brexhea! It's that so MLS <laughs> with myself, Nick Thornton with me as always is Andrew Bates. Andrew, how are you? I'm doing really good. I did the the Shea goal, first of all, yes. The 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 most the most, you know, the, the person whose name you really want to, to have adorning your your, forever, your facility. Forever.
0: Amen. We will remember the first goal scored <laughs> in your new stadium was Breck Shea.
1: Okay. So we talked last week about the Caden Braden Graden tweet. Mm-hmm. Um and and we know that Caden Braden Graden is like a U, is like a US U seventeen player. Right. But when you looked at the results that that week, the the number one thing that I could think of is that that, you know, you were looking at the game where Gonzalo Higuain wasn't coming up with much. It's like, is Breck Shea Caden Braden Graden? <laughs> is that just the expression of that? Is that in MLS, Gonzalo Higuain can miss a sitter and then all of a sudden Breck Shea will score amazing goals three weeks in a row and then go cold for... A year? A year?
0: I love it. I'm here for it. It's just
1: <laughs> peak, peak
0: MLS. <laughs> um welcome this oh by the way, this is a North American soccer podcast. welcome um it has been a time. It's just been a week I feel uh this week was several months long, so we're doing a slightly abbreviated show this week in the theme of chill soccer. we're gonna go in depth into a few games and then kind of do some Cole's notes for the rest of them. It's a long weekend. You guys have better things to do than listen to us <laughs> so we're gonna we're gonna keep this one to uh um. A golden goal, no penalties, no added time.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that old school MLS. Yeah. Um, do we want to do the? Do we want to handle the big news of the week first before we jump into the games? Right.
0: Is- yeah, I, I think we we kind of have to considering we, we gave an awful lot of airtime last week to talk and trash about uh, the Columbus rebrand, and uh, it, it has unfortunately gone the way of the Super League. <laughs>
1: What's it the has statement? fortunately, I'd say, well, the yes. crew is back in a big way. Hey nah,
0: hey nah. the crew the, is back.
1: The uh, the Columbus crew have have issued a joint statement with the Nordki that says um, that they are going to be putting the 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 team name is going to it's going back after a positive collaborative discussion took place. Um, the 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 name will include Columbus Crew as a part of the new uh, as a part of the new crest. It's going to be a part of the official name, and also they're putting ninety six in the the crest. And here's the thing: we all kind of make fun of the the we made fun of the crest initially, which I think you could still kind of do a little bit. But I think that this looks more like a like a soccer team's crest now. I don't know if there's something about the number. The number creates, fixes this weird comma situation, like weird floating.
0: I I feel like most soccer logos have a little bit more going on. And the way that it was designed before, it looked like, you know, an expansion NHL side. And I'm a big fan of a sort of general common look and feel, (laughs) which certainly MLS doesn't really have. Um, But. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the argument, is they wanted to do something different to stand out. Yeah, I think it's certainly an improvement. Um, you sort of just have to, like, laugh and cry at the same time. That um, It's like, after a productive dialogue that we should have had in the first place. Um, <laughs> so, I, I think it's the right call. Um, the supporters seem like they're they're satisfied with it, but I do think that this is something that caused a needless rift that is not just going to disappear overnight. That really the most egregious thing is just the fan base who's already been through so much and fought for so much to have to to go to battle for this. Um although maybe seemingly not the the most you know enormous problem in the world, uh just felt like all of this could have been avoided.
1: If there was with, with any thought of a If there was any thought of a a honeymoon, you know. Yeah, like we got Caleb Porter. There's going to be a new stadium. We won MLS Cup, right? Like, yeah. like this, new new, like everything was everything was going great before this, and and certainly they will think, oh well, we we tried to have a focus group discussion. I think this is probably one of those cases. Everybody in marketing always with any announcement, right? You always want to generate buzz by trying to prevent leaks or whatever else. I think this should have been. There's there's a benefit of a proactive leak, yeah. From time to time,
0: mm-hmm. there's a
1: benefit of the idea that if you're going to change the name of the football club, that you sort of let people that know talk about it. Yeah. So that by the time that it happens, if it's going to happen, and if people want it to happen, if there's a big negative in like if there's a big negative thing about it, people are going to do Isn't that, mm, wasn't that before called
0: buy-in? It.
1: <laughs> Before you make your big move, but and then if people really don't mind it, and they've because the people that it's already been in the chatter for a while, and it's yeah. not really a surprise because yeah. we've all we all heard they were going to do something like this, right? Like,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Exactly. I guess that didn't. I guess I didn't save the Super League. But still,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some leaks are better than others, I think. Um,
1: but, but this is yeah certain, Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. Um, but it, it seems like they've landed on something that is a, a good compromise that that pisses off the fewest people. Maybe
1: um, Columbus stands undefeated, man. This is the thing. This is what they've learned. They 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 thought they had a good <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we you've you've learned that you cannot cross that that base.
0: Yeah, don't cross the line. <laughs> Um, it was an interesting week of games. Um, we have a couple that we've sort of circled as as things that we want to dive into a little bit more. And I don't know about you, but I'm kind of just itching to start with the the one with the most controversy, um, which was the New York City FC Toronto FC match. What
1: an interesting uh, what a, what a what a little contest this was. What
0: a little contest indeed. In the end, the teams uh, split the points. It was a uh, 1-1. But there was just some really strange stuff, <laughs> some strange plays that happened in this game. Um, I thought overall Toronto had some decent chances in the first half, but New York City looked very equal to the task and not too too flustered by Toronto. And then there's this free kick for, for New York City. The ball comes in, and it sort of bounces off of Bono awkwardly, um, and Medina is there to collect and, and convert. And it's just sort of like one of those goals that you sort of blink and you miss it. Like it's, it's not quite a misplay, but it, there's definitely a few right. mistakes that lead to it. Um, and then shortly after that is there's another free kick and this time. Bono saves it. Oh my God. Right, right, right in the nuts. Um,
1: Oh, I, I didn't
0: see that. Oh, it's great. It's Oh, man. It's a it's a painful one to rewatch in slow motion, but right I believe they call that a dupe in the old onion bag. Oh. Um, anyway, that that was kind of that stuff. But then let's talk about the uh <laughs> the incident.
1: I want to say first that like and in, in we could sort of the the big incident in the game is maybe separate from this conversation, which is the conversation about Bono and, and whether or not you can sort of, whether or not this was a, a soft goal for him to let up this first one yeah. or the, it, it, and I think there was some criticism of him after the last game as well. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about that aspect of things? Do you think that, that this was a sort of, you know, uh, sort of some, a weak period of play for Bono, or do you think that that was just sort of a, a weird anomaly?
0: Um, I think it's a, a bit of a weird anomaly. I mean, he's certainly, I think, had a couple of moments where he's looked a little bit shaky. But the unfortunate thing with goalkeepers is people remember the mistakes. They don't remember the five saves you made leading up to the one mistake.
1: Or the um, save you made with your nuts.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, talk about taking one for the team. Or, and they don't generally also blame, you know, the, the midfielder that doesn't track back that allows the shot to come off that goes in, and maybe you guessed the wrong way or you're slightly out of position as the goalkeeper, but the point is, it's not solely your fault. Um, I don't know. I th- I think Bono's a, a great goalkeeper, and I don't think that there's any need to really panic. I know Toronto has depth in that position, so I get why TFC fans think that, um you know, it's it's maybe time for a switch-up, but... You know, Armis has decided on his number one goalkeeper, and that's his prerogative. And I wouldn't say Bono's done anything that would make me think he should lose the starting spot. Um, I know sometimes that's how people feel, is that if you make a mistake <laughs> or have a bad game, that it's time to switch things up. But especially with goalkeepers, um, you know, goalkeepers and strikers, you got to keep them on the pitch. you got to be giving them consistent minutes, and if they have a couple of bad games, you need to be there um, with them and get them through it. Um because you're not guaranteed that the backup is going to do better.
1: That is true. Uh so now but there was a moment in this game that was decisively uh a a strange anom- anomaly that did involve Bono. Yeah. Um this goal kick.
0: Yeah. And and so he's Bono's taking the goal kick and in front of him is uh Medina. And Bono releases the ball, kicks it, and it goes off the back of Medina's head and in. Ow, 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 ow. for a goal. But immediately is whistled dead. Um, and, and a no goal. And from my understanding, I think the, the claim for the, the no goal call is that Medina sort of has a little look over his shoulder and jumps. And so you could say that that's interfering with the ball. However, I saw some people saying, well, letter of the law, I guess that you have to disallow it. But when I looked at the rule, it really talks more about like, um, like interfering with the ability of a player to play the ball. I don't think Medina knows much about this ball. Like at at first I I was like, he takes a little look and he does jump however i f- he's not inter- he's not hitting the ball out of the goalkeeper's hands like i i feel like he's got every right to to make a play there
1: i um, agree and like if you look at it right he releases the ball right the 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 point you make about the letter of the law right is also you can't interfere with him releasing the ball the ball is not he didn't like you say he didn't spike it out of the hand no
0: and I've seen those goals allowed, too. <laughs> you
1: know, like players have
0: headed the ball out of a goalkeeper's hand and scored and the goal is stood. I mean, I know not consistently, but like uh, yeah i I feel like they're a little bit aggrieved on on this one. I think ultimately though, it's one of those things that um hearing Howard Webb talk later in the week about VAR is that they're n- it's not there to solve the minutia. The call on the field is a totally acceptable call that he's interfered, the referee saw something, and there's not enough to overturn it. Um, for me, and I know this doesn't really come into it, it's just such a weird play that I'm okay with it being a disallowed goal. <laughs> um, I know many many would disagree.
1: I think that one of the things here with this one is that, um, one of the things with this is that, uh, there actually was no ability to do VAR because the play was called dead. Right, exactly. So they can't VAR the goal because the gore goal happened afterwards. Right. I think that he doesn't... I I totally agree with you, and I think that he doesn't... Um, like, he certainly doesn't try to kick it, which is another part of the rule. He doesn't kick it before For sure. it's... For uh, I think... Start the kick beforehand.
0: Part of how I feel, too, is that the New York coach was up in arms about it and saying they were robbed and i mean if you're just looking at the the again the minutia of the call possibly but to claim that like well if not for this really like just utterly strange incident we would have won the game it's like well i don't you had you have many opportunities to win a game <laughs> if, you're, if you're banking on your uh the other team's goalkeeper bouncing it off of Your striker's head and into their own net. Then maybe that's not the best strategy for winning games. Like I I get, I get why people are frustrated by it, but at the same time, like it's such a weird thing that that it also feels like a weird hill to die on.
1: And I can't stress this enough: the back of his head. Why? This is honestly, until I looked it up, I, I I read a little bit about the controversy to make sure that I that I got it right. I thought the play was called dead because he had a head injury. Right. Yeah. I thought that. I thought that that was the concern. Was the, I'm surprised the he done. didn't.
0: I've gotten a concussion that
1: way. <laughs> like... Yeah. And if you were thinking, oh well, he 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 elaborately tr- he he uh, he intentionally tried to obstruct the goal. How many times do you try to in, uh, intentionally obstruct uh, a forty-yard goal kick with the back of your with your soft tissue? Yeah. Why would you? Yeah. Why would you? Why but would if, you do it like that if that was your intent? Jump, he does jump, though. So that is true. It's just a weird. It's it's a weird play. But yeah. I agree with I agree with you on that. That that they're up a goal and they're at home, and eventually, um, their lack of getting a second goal through this elaborate subterfuge um, yeah. comes back to haunt them. Um, not I think not a couple minutes later when Jacob Schaffelberg. That equalizes for Toronto.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and I feel like it's a bit of, like, um, hindsight buyer's remorse, where it's like, oh, well, if that other goal had happened, we would have won, so we were robbed. But you're like, but in that moment, you were winning. So... (laughs) And And then that no call did not lead to Toronto scoring. I mean, I know there's people that are like, but they were sad afterwards, and then they didn't play as well. Like, I don't know. I feel like New York City FC played well enough and had enough time that they could have won this game in other ways, and credit to TFC to get a point out of them. And sort of what you would expect, if anything, I, you know, I thought it was a, a fairly strong performance from Chris Armas' side. I, I wasn't necessarily expecting TFC to put up a, a great fight against New York City, and I thought they, they really... Um, I thought they marked well. I thought they covered a lot of space on the pitch. Well, overall, they defended okay. So I thought this was a good one for them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You had L.A. Galaxy versus Austin. Um, sure did. That started with a with a penalty kick that everybody thought was you know okay. Well, we're 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 getting into this territory, but uh, after Romana clears out Chicharito, oops, 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 oops but. Stuver stoned Chicharito, kicked it out wide.
0: Yeah, Brad Stuver. It's a, it's a great save. I love it when you you can tell a goalkeeper's done their homework and he knows exactly where Chicharito is going to place it. Uh, it's not a terribly well-taken penalty. I also feel like this was one where the soccer gods were maybe dealing out a little bit of karma. I thought Chicharito went down really easy. He is there's contact, but he drags his foot and is tripping himself when the contact is made. So, again, letter of the law. Sure, let's call it a foul. But um, I felt like it was an awfully soft penalty early in the game, and doesn't matter because Brad Stuver was there.
1: Uh, are the soccer goals? Are the soccer gods doing varnail? <laughs> yes, actually. <laughs> are they, are uh... they overturning a, if a if a goal? You know, if, if they see a, a clear and obvious error? Exactly.
0: Get, give one to the to the goalkeeper. If um, you're the
1: away team at this point, you're thinking, oh, man." This is great for me. We could we could maybe we can maybe get something out of this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. However,
0: however, um I thought Austin played okay again. I I feel like I've said this a lot about Austin so far. I'm like, "Yeah." And they're all right. Um there's a really just a hell of a diving header defensive play, and I'm not sure which uh, which player it was. it was One of the defenders from Austin It's just like not a great move Because um, Chicharito is able to just control it Around the flailing player Who takes himself out of the play And slots it home And I just I just I'm not quite sure What MLS defenders think They're going to be able to do against Chicharito If he is in front of them But just generally speaking Try to keep Chicharito in front of you <laughs> Like Uh,
1: Ugh, it's a bad. It's a bad scene. You also had the goal for that. That was the second half goal for Chicharito. You also had legit. Brad Stares finds him, sends this long pass to him, sends him on the break. Um, The the defender tries to get him and sort of does like a like a corkscrew tornado tackle. (laughs) Yeah, trying to get at him, but uh, but but doesn't. I don't think makes contact. I don't think there's much, no. much there. Whether or not an of foul, that's one of those. That's one of those ones where the ball is because it's on the break. The ball is being kicked so far ahead that you think, well, who who really has possession of the ball at the time these two players come together? But I think it's fine from legit that he that he keeps that he keeps his run and he hits this ball that curves around the keeper and in.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a great great strike. It's too bad for Austin. I, I thought maybe they would be able to to put up a little bit more fight, but it's one of those ones I think the, the score line is is what it is, a couple of little mistakes, but not not anything that you'd really ring the alarm bells over for Austin. If anything, we're just beginning to see, you know, an LA Galaxy that has a couple of different gears for them.
1: A slightly less successful LA team this week was LAFC, who made their way to Seattle. And, uh, and did not find any joy in, um, oh what's, Lumens Lumians, Lumians Park? What's the name of their new. Let's just call it CenturyLink. The... Link. <laughs> the, in what Seattle. Seems like a, what seems like a nothing passing play becomes dangerous with Ru Diaz. Springs for Christian Roldan, who eventually finds Brad Smith, Brad Smith but he shoots wide left. Yeah. Um, but you would see... Uh, it's there's a corner uh, from Javier Ariaga for the first goal, and then the second goal kind of re you you bring those dynamics from that first mischance that I mentioned back as you have Christian rolled with a diagonal pass to Rui Diaz who finds Alex Alex rolled on on the far side who then plays into Brad Smith just just a tremendous team goal with so many beautiful diagonal passes yeah. and it's just but- like how do you How do you stop that?
0: It's a very Sounders goal. I I mean, and I feel like, I mean, we've seen LAFC have some success against Seattle, but it's interesting to me because they do play so similarly in a lot of ways. You know, there's a lot of pass and move going on, a lot of diagonal balls. Um, I, I just think it's kind of one of those things where it's like Seattle's just better at it. Um, Vela eventually comes into the game quite late, and you you feel like that um, some of the momentum starts to shift towards LAFC, but just not not enough and too
1: late, too little, too late even. I agree with that. The um, it it seems every time these te- these teams play that this is this is almost like a faded playoff matchup in some way. That, mm-hmm. or, whether. Whether they're trying to relitigate playoffs past or um, or feel things out in in, uh, in anticipation of a future playoff match, um, we certainly see these teams end up in the either the conference final or at some point in the uh, at some point in the interim. Mm-hmm. And for LA, that has been the end of the line to date. So we'll see if they get their opportunity to. Uh, Redeemed well, themselves. See,
0: yes. Yeah. Uh, a team that maybe redeemed themselves, kind of redeemed themselves. Um, I, I was like, maybe this is the week that we have something to say positive about Cincinnati. And I think it is. However, they did lose in
1: their, they did new, lose.
0: The, their new stadium home opener. Uh, <laughs> lost 3-2 to Inter-Miami.
1: They very much did lose. That is the point. However. Yeah. <laughs> Um. Yeah, this was an interesting one because it was the it was the opening of the new Cincinnati ground. Um. You know, this is a franchise that is is long is is past its well past its expansion time, but you know, with the you almost wonder with its new more improved roster if this is the thought of okay, well, we can have a we can have a second Don here. Mm-hmm. Um. But as you did noted. The, uh, the the rooster at the beginning of that, Don, was Breck Shea.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think it's only like six or seven minutes in that he scores. Um, and then yeah. the Iguain brothers strike on a poor ball, um, and it just somehow goes past Vermeer. It's a, it's a very slow goal. I think there's some, some spin on it that slows it down, but somehow gets under Vermeer to make it 2 nothing. I will say that I, I thought, especially in the first half, you know, Cincinnati doesn't... They, they don't look terrible all the time. Um, in fact, somewhat strangely, they look okay defensively at times. But it's... When they've got numbers going forward, it's like they all hit the other team's box, and then they just crumple. Like, they just completely run out of ideas of what to do. And doesn't matter how threatening the attack is, it just seems to fizzle out. However, the positive that <laughs> I feel I have for Cincinnati this week is we started to see a little bit more finish on um, on some of their plays and from some of their big players. Um, Barial gets them on the board with a really lovely chip over the goalkeeper to make it 2-1. Um, and then Nick Hagland gets a free header from a corner at 81 minutes and ties it, which is uh. great. a great late tying goal. But then four minutes later, Cincinnati get caught out of possession, uh Morgan crosses it in. neither defender can get it away from Gonzalo Iguain, who scores <laughs> very, very late in the game to win it all
1: Iguain ruining ruining the nice story as as
0: as much improved as this performance was um it, it certainly still disappointing, but I think it it points to some optimism for an FC Cincinnati side that can score goals, that can play out of the back, um, and that can score against good teams. That being said, I do feel like these two teams are really (laughs) disorganized. Um, I feel like Cincinnati is just still all over the place positionally. I can't tell what their formation is at any given time. Um... And although maybe the team chemistry is coming coming along a little bit, it still just doesn't seem like they know where each other are on the pitch. Cincinnati,
1: I'm I'm starting to get more. Well, obviously you've, you've always you know pity to them as they've had some challenging seasons, but I'm starting to get tougher on them as it's like you can't have this many. I, I know this goes against some of the things that I say sometimes. You can't have this many good players and be bad. Like like yeah. you're it's a miss. If you have Matarita and Lucho Acosta, you have to give them something. You can't just be bad. That's like a miss, such a waste.
0: Yeah. Um, but it, it really does point to how, how there's all these other intangible things that go in... and intangible, that go into making a good squad. That it's not just buy the best players you, you the, that you possibly can and then hope they play well together. They're just... I I do see a little bit more team chemistry happening, but of course they've done wholesale changes every year that they've been in MLS. So it's really hard to get any kind of consistency down. But again, just seems to be an awful lot of players getting into the final third and then looking around and not knowing where their teammates are or where they should be. And then they just give up possession. (laughs) So it, it feels like one of those things that, you know, they're maybe closer than they think. They just keep doing the same wrong things. <laughs>
1: um, I that was meant to be it's... a
0: positive story about them,
1: but. <laughs> and I think that they the the wrong things thing makes me laugh. Um, the I think that they I agree with you, and hopefully hopefully more time makes this all work. They start to get you know. I think we you can. It's too early to say that it's happening already, but you know, mm-hmm. if it continues, if you. This is such an important. I like to say sometimes when it's a home game like this, you know, you you have when you have a big comeback story like this, it's so galvanizing. Unfortunately, Iguain ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> but next time, but like that's still a, a really positive. You could come away if you're a Cincinnati supporter going to this ground for the first time, or you could come away thinking, "Oh man, we almost had those guys." And, yeah. And and that's a good feeling. That's not a bad feeling. That's yeah. not a feeling of 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 doom doomerism
0: totally. And you also weren't up to nothing and give give up three goals cheaply. Like you, you you fought back and you tied it and then it wasn't enough in the end. That's that's all right. Uh Colorado Houston. Mm, yeah. This was a, a good game. I I always love a a good Colorado Houston match. Two pacey teams, two counterattacking teams. Um <laughs> just Somehow Colorado keeps rolling on. Uh, I know it's early days, but, you know, we have both Colorado and Houston sitting atop the, the top seven in the West. And Colorado, like, just steadily climbing up the table. Which, even if you factor in, okay, they're not going to win every single game this season, they've put themselves in a really, really good position. I think every team is going to experience slumps at some point. Um, but this is what you want, right? Like, when you're playing well, you need to be winning, and just racking up
1: points. Um getting goals from Diego Rubio will help.
0: <laughs> yes. Diego Rubio gets his birthday goal. Um early just before that, um Barrios finds all kinds of space down the wing as he seems to do. Nobody sees Sam Vines who's come in, who's the arriving runner who scores. Uh, is this year's theme the tracking the arriving runner not watch the far post is that the new <laughs> the new switcheroo because i've seen like six of these goals in the last two weeks but it's a it's a great run um also i literally forgot christian ramirez played for houston anyway he scored a pretty pretty straightforward goal to get houston on the board um, after uh, uh, austin trust he had a little bit of an oops oops yeah little 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 slip up there um and then the the final goal is Merritt just has some real brutal footwork at his own goal line and Cole Bassett closes him down and Merritt blasts the blasts it off of Bassett and in. I don't know why this one wasn't whistled as a no goal, but
1: this was definitely on my mind when we were talking about the, the, um, the Bono thing where it's like, how is that? How is that one thing? And this one isn't because that's, that seems that seems absolutely an opportunistic situation.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, if you're a goalkeeper and you're back on your line and you're under pressure, I've always thought it makes sense to shoot away from your goal. Like, if you're if you're having trouble with your footwork and you, there's an like a, a player putting pressure on you, like put it out for a corner, <laughs> you know, like. But it's just such a – it's just one of those things that th- – I think when Merich, like, releases the ball, he's just like, oh, no, that wasn't the right thing to do. <laughs>
1: that wasn't correct. Oops. That was not the correct oops, decision oops, 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 to oops,
0: make. Oops, oops. So Colorado wins at 3-1. um, And and a really great great win for them. I mean, we've talked about the upsides to the Colorado Rapids and how they're an underrated team. Um. This is I feel like the first year at least since we've we 've been doing the show that they're an underrated team that 's actually winning games and and performing well that I think they 've discovered that you know defensively they 're not the strongest they 've improved significantly, but this relentless attack and the speed that they 're sending down the wings is really what 's I think allowing them to to sort of free themselves up a bit and really dictate games. And and that's a thing that I think teams are not quite used to is a Colorado Rapids side. That's coming in with a really strong game plan and hitting you hard and early so that you've got to be all, you know, fighting against a counterattacking side, which opens up all kinds of space. And I think that's exactly what they did to Houston here is they, you know, they got the early goal and Houston had to open up the things to, to try to get back
1: into it when they did. Colorado, Colorado was ready. puts him in a puts him in a um puts him in a very strong position hitting in because I think that in a in a season that has felt a little bit strange so far, um, those spots are open at the top. I think right now because it's like on some weeks you see uh um on some weeks you're seeing like you know is LAFC going to be a number two team or not? Yeah, you know, like like is um, you know, is what's, is Sporting Kansas City going to be uh, able to, uh, work consistently? They certainly were consistent against Vancouver. <laughs> they consistently applied pressure and, uh, and, and were able to get the three, nothing. Uh, we ended in a, in a game where that didn't really seem like it wasn't the six one, but it was, you know, there was no, uh. There was nothing for Vancouver in that one. Nope.
0: No, it, it certainly seems like uh Sporting Kansas City has our number and um Yeah. I, I feel like it's it's just the, the speed of some of the runners, the you know, the, the lethal striking ability of Alan Polito. There's a lot here that I thought they didn't quite get right. Um but at the end of the day too, it's I don't feel like it was like major mistakes that were happening just, you know, a half-step behind a play, or just a little bit switched off, and and Sporting Kansas City very uncharacteristically for them this year, really just I thought played a a, a really great game where they didn't seem too troubled by Vancouver.
1: No. Uh, Great game for Daniel Shallowy. Let's Mm -hmm. just say here, for a minute, uh, it's been a weird time at TSN's Whitecaps, uh, Central. Yeah. Since they they let go of of Peter Shot, and it seems like they are they are cycling in and out. Play by play, people. Um, it it doesn't seem to be a particularly well um, well set thing. No, Daniel Shallowy, Shallowy. They said Saloy. Every. The play by play guy said Saloy, and so everybody else thought they had to say it. The 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 color commentator said it. The people in the halftime said it. Shaloy
0: sounds like a greeting.
1: <laughs> Many joyous Shaloi's to you. I don't get how. I mean, I we talked we've talked multiple times about you know when it's when it's us. You know, we're we're doing our best with it, but. There are yeah. lots of guys. There's lots of guys. It, but if you were... I think were in both t-
0: cases, the, the phrase you get what you pay for applies. Both for us and TSN.
1: <laughs> we're do, Yeah. And, it, and it's like, to have this be the star player who is not a new player. No. In in in, no. in Not MLS, new to the league. Nope. Not new to the league. And to have it be just such... Uh, I should... Uh, it, to have it be like, it's constant because he's always involved in the game, because he's, in this game, the other team's best player.
0: Well, they seem to have taken notes that um, it's not cool to just constantly mix up the black players on the Vancouver Whitecaps, and so they've just stopped saying their names half the time. Uh. <laughs> anyway, other games were played. Um, Portland got a nice win. That was good for them, because they'd certainly been uh, sliding down the pecking order. They got a 2-0 result over San Jose. Uh uh, Wando had a PK that he missed. Uh, okay. Larea scores because the man marking system fails again. Um, but I actually, I felt, I felt like you know San Jose was not quite up to their levels in this one. But Portland desperately needed a win and they got it, and that's great.
1: How do you solve a problem like um, Larea? <laughs> yeah, this is the, San Jose has looked better than this. Um, yeah.
0: Do we want a lightning round? It. Let's lightning round it. What else do we got around the league?
1: All right, Atlanta one nothing Montreal.
0: Yeah, this one was notable because, holy crap, um, the final 30 seconds dictated the entire game. I thought Montreal played really, really well in a really difficult environment, literally just one lapse in concentration right at the end. And they lose.
1: In stoppage time. Yep. Philadelphia 1-0, New York Red Bulls.
0: Yes, this game happened. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I felt like, um, you know, the, the game is basically won nine minutes in with a really excellent goal from Corey Burke. Um, and it was just sort of that one moment that the Red Bulls were not paying attention and they couldn't quite back get back into it. And then to top it all off, Yearwood got sent off for just a stupid shove at the end for a second yellow. So... um I don't have much else for the Red Bulls. Not not a great performance, um, and a much needed league win from Philadelphia, who just really kind of painfully ground this one out, but got the result they needed.
1: Montero to Burke was a nice little uh, nice little uh, one-two on the on nine minutes. The big news with that one. Um, let me just. I'm just trying to find it. Um, Aaron Long is out for the season.
0: Yeah, yeah. He
1: has unfortunately ruptured his Achilles. That's awful. It's it's awful for uh, the U.S. Men's National Team, and it's awful for New York. Who, you know, <laughs> this has been a this has been a time of of regeneration in the last couple of years, and he's kind of what, been one of their their key guys as they try to move b- between generations.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's brutal. A lot of injuries so far, eh? like to, to big players too. Anyway, uh, thoughts to Aaron Long. Brother, I know how you feel. It's not fun. Um, Minnesota,
1: Minnesota, Dallas.
0: Minnesota, Dallas. There, that's where I was going, too. Um, certainly left it late, but they got it done. Um, Robin Ludd scores right at the death of this.
1: It's bonkers. Awesome.
0: Yeah, very bonkers. It's not certainly not looking easy for Minnesota, but at least they're finally grinding out some results. Um because they were really making me eat my words when I said they looked really good.
1: Uh Reynoso was really punishing the hoardings to the right of uh, to the to the sides of the goal with some with some great attempts and some, some near misses. Minnesota's another team where it's like, You've got great players, you gotta start winning. And you Reynoso's
0: don't... one of them, right? Like Reynoso, Reynoso's mm. I mean he's he's dialing it in, he's getting closer to the actual net, but to drag so many shots wide like this, I'm like that that's a lot of dough for uh a player that's not hitting the net RSL Nashville um yeah put not much in this one but I thought RSL did really well to get a point off of Nashville um for a nil nil result half chances but just kind of poor finishing from both sides um I think RSL will see this as almost like a victory you know Nashville is still defensively really solid and it's great to see that RSL can be as well too
1: I enjoyed, at one point, commentary called uh, an interception at midfield that creates a break uh, for Justin Miram. They refer to it as finding a treat in the vending machine, (laughs) (laughs) which I appreciate. (laughs) New England, Columbus. Yeah,
0: this was an interesting result. New England, again, just sort of quietly great um <laughs> and climbing up the table um kind of a nervy game but um it's Adam Buxa comes on in the 83rd minute makes his little run between the center backs and scores
1: makes the guns fire and another late goal here
0: right i feel like it's been a, a trend of either very early or very late goals seems to be a lot of results
1: finally dc orlando <sighs> Woof. <laughs> just
0: why is DC just so bad at marking, defending, and playing right now? What what is happening? I don't understand how the personnel is is not getting more out of things. Um, it doesn't
1: seem it like like there doesn't seem to be a great. They do seem worse. Like they weren't right. great last year, but they seem worse. And like Briant.
0: I think of him as just, you know, one of the just stalwart defenders in MLS. And he's just looked really off to
1: me. It looks like they've been doing, uh, I see that they have a, a, a 3-1-4-2. Mm. Seems like this is a new, you know, seems like a new idea to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's possible that, that as, as, as good as Briante is, uh... This this three at the back, one center back thing may not be the as as ideal. Like you could kinda of look you could kind of almost look at it to say, okay, well if we had if if we've if we if we're doing three one four two, isn't that essentially like a Toronto FC era like, you know, three five mm. two? Like yeah. like could you could you see it as like a Michael Bradley um dipping back situation i don't know if they're actually doing that and also you need to have michael bradley for that yeah
0: exactly (laughs) i i think it can work as a system but you need three really athletic (laughs) defenders in the back and you also need a michael bradley type deep lying central defensive mid player who also can move the ball up the pitch so like you need a really great central defensive mid to, to help you out there. There's not really many true sweepers out there in the world anymore, but, uh, yeah, just not, not all there for DC.
1: Yeah. And we have the, the, the weirdness. There was a little bit of weirdness in this one as well. This first goal comes on seven minutes as, um, as Pereira opens the ball over the top, uh, finds him and Kyle Walker for a one, two nice little goal. Nice mm-hmm. a little movement for that. um, he holds it up until the defender just slides over. Uh, there was this untidy end to the, you know the, the the highlights say there's an an untidy end to this one, and then don't show what actually happened. It looks like there was a potential file a uh, uh, potential foul on Paredes, mm-hmm. and then on the same play a uh, a penalty kick or sorry a a handball potentially you could you could say may have been. May have mm-hmm. been in the offing for, for DC. Yeah. The I don't know if this is the same play also where um, where Nani apparently has yeah. his little, uh, his, his, his strange moment.
0: I am forgetting where exactly it happened in the game. But essentially Nani is trying to separate his player and the uh, DC players. However, he begins this by shoving the referee out of the way. That was um, ninety
1: plus five, so it feels like that must be it.
0: Yeah. Um, and it, it's just... And people are saying, like, well, Nani's just trying to cool things off. He's got every right to do that. You're, yes, he does. But if you shove a referee for whatever reason, doesn't look good. He manages to escape with just a yellow card. However, uh, turns out that has now been turned into a two-game suspension. So, the yeah. law caught up with Nani.
1: You just can't... Like... I was I uh, I was seeing an MLS Soccer dot com video where they were talking about oh it's like you're trying to break up the a fight in the bar it's like yeah nope. you can't you can't touch a referee though if nope. your thought was Nani needs to get in Nani is doing that because he needs to get in between his teammate and the referee first of all you need to have better you need to have, have the, the the player needs to be responsible for themselves second of all. You have to touch the player in that situation. You can't yeah. grab you can't your shove the referee. scruff of his
0: neck and pull him away. That's fine. Yes. Yeah.
1: If yeah. you... It's, if an,
0: it's... it's an aggressive shove, and it's almost like he kind of knows it as it, it... He's just sort of done it, that, like, he's kind of looking at the ref. <laughs> like, like he, he's, ah! goi- he's going in heated and immediately gets yellowed. And I was like, oh, you're a lucky boy. That, that could have been... <laughs> A very quick straight red, and honestly probably should be. I, I think that's a mistake, and if, I, I, if I'm honest, I think if that's any other player than Nani, that's a straight red every time. So it is the right thing to follow up and suspend him. Two games felt a, a little bit harsh. I didn't think there was a ton of malice in it, but it is the right call. And it's going to be a big problem for Orlando now uh, without Nani for the next two
1: games. It's going to be one of those ones where you look at it... you're you always go back and you think, Oh well, two games for this and not and one game for this or Was it three worth games it? for this, right? Like like yeah. you'll you'll go back later in the season and there'll be some suspension that you think makes this one look silly. Uh, yeah. or this one makes that one look silly. Mm-hmm. But I think that if if Nani had come in and like reached past to put both of his hands on his teammates' shoulders and pushed the teammate away. And like made incidental
0: contact or something, yeah.
1: That's one thing. If he and he touches the and his and he sort of bumps into the referee while he's trying to push his guy away, that's one thing. But you, he lays he lays a hand on the official. You can't do that. Can't do it.
0: That is week five, six, whatever it was. uh, In a nutshell. Until next time, where can we find you online?
1: You can find me online on Twitter at teammates www.team-bates.com That's the stutter step approach to our <laughs> URL. www.team-bates.com Where can we find you online? You can find me at
0: www. Uh, no, you can find me at That's So MLS on Instagram and Twitter. You can find this podcast at That's So MLS.com Apple Podcasts, etc. Please rate, review, and subscribe.
1: Yeah, please do. And until next week, Don't touch the referee and don't get sent off. Retroactively.